This is The Guardian. Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions. Because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Menopause is definitely enjoying its day in the sun. Hello, today, October the 18th, is World Menopause Day and we are marking it with Menopause, the change is here. Today is the start of our special week dedicated to the menopause. The hot flushes, heavy bleeding and low libido that were once taboo are now openly discussed by celebrities. I had no idea what it was because I think there was so much shame around it. It was a sign that you dried up, you were kind of past your sell-by day. Those going through the menopause finally have on offer a plethora of ways to manage and cope with their experiences and symptoms. We at Goop wanted to create the Madame Ovary protocol because there aren't a lot of products being made for us to really help us through this phase. So, is the explosion in the market for menopausal products actually helping women? Or are they being left to navigate a wild west of pills, apps and supplements whilst undergoing the most significant biological change of their lives? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay and this is Science Weekly. Linda Geddes is The Guardian's science correspondent And she recently wrote a piece about what she called the menopause gold rush. I think it's fairly safe to say that it's a massive industry globally. So it's reckoned to be a $450 billion industry. Obviously, half the world's population are women and they're all eventually going to experience menopause as long as they, you know, live that long. Um, So by 2025, it's estimated that about a billion women around the world will either be menopausal or postmenopausal. So, you know, there's this huge untapped market for products and treatments to help women ease them through this period of their lives. Give us a sense of some of the options that are available for women today. 
There's a vast array of different products and services available, ranging from things like menopause retreats, where you can spend thousands of pounds on a spa break, incorporating hypnotherapists, psychotherapists, transformational coaches. There's a whole growth market in vaginal rejuvenation devices, which are aimed at strengthening women's pelvic floor muscles and improving their sexual function. There's even things like vaginal laser resurfacing, which sounds a little bit scary. But again, the idea is to kind of thicken and strengthen the tissue in the vaginal wall. Right. So there's a real range of different treatments and products and services available, which all catering to the different experiences one might have. But Linda, give me some biology 101 here. What exactly is the menopause and what happens in the run-up to it, the perimenopause? So menopause itself is when women stop releasing eggs each month and um, stop having periods. And when that happens, women's ovaries stop producing significant amounts of certain hormones, in particular oestrogen and progesterone. But oestrogen in particular affects the body in many, many ways, from your brain function to the density of your bones, to how elastic your skin is, to things like how lubricated your vagina is and where your body fat is distributed. But in the run-up to menopause, to that final period, Women quite often have quite high surging levels of oestrogen. And one of the first symptoms of perimenopause is often heavy periods. Um, And these hormone surges and swings can also affect our mood. So we can become more anxious, sometimes experience extreme rage. You know, this often comes at the time of life when many women are really, really busy and quite stressed. So they might have children and then they're also often juggling the demands of work as well. So it can be quite a difficult period. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, your whole body changing and all these things happening, often which might be quite distressing or frustrating, you know, heavy bleeding, anxiety, anger. Once this period is over, what happens post-menopause? Short term, when your oestrogen levels plummet, that can affect the part of your brain that controls your body temperatures. So many women experience things like night sweats and hot flushes. Many women will experience kind of vaginal dryness or itching or maybe pain during sex. You know, left untreated, some of these things can increase the risk of recurrent urinary tract infections or cystitis. You know, once you get through the menopause and you have low oestrogen, that can gradually erode the density of your bones. So it puts you at greater risk of osteoporosis and fractures, and that can lead to chronic pain. And it can also lead to changes in the lining of the blood vessels, which can make women more vulnerable to heart disease or stroke. As you've said, this is a natural process and it's a normal part of ageing, but you've painted quite a distressing picture there. Yeah. And actually, I should say that menopause and perimenopause can affect women very, very differently. I'm in my early 40s (laughs) and doing all this research and reading about it makes me absolutely terrified. But I've been reassured by many doctors that it's really variable. Some women have very few symptoms at all. Others have a terrible time. It's really difficult to predict. Um, Speaking to your own mother about her menopause may give you some indication of how you will fare. I'll I'll be calling my mother after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've already called my mother. I've got the lowdown. (laughs) 
for a long time, women were basically left to deal with this on their own. But that did change when a hormone replacement therapy came along called HRT. And a lot of people will have heard about HRT because it was very popular. But then about 20 years ago, that did change. So tell me what happened. Yeah, so HRT is basically aimed at replacing some of those missing hormones, in particular oestrogen. And various studies were published suggesting that as well as reducing some of these symptoms associated with the menopause, like hot flushes, HRT could also reduce the risk of things like cardiovascular disease or osteoporosis in later life. So it sounded like this kind of cure-all. And then in the mid-90s, this really big clinical trial called the Women's Health Initiative Study enrolled thousands of women and they were put on HRT and then followed to assess the risks and benefits. But then the trial had to be stopped early because the study started to suggest that actually HRT might be increasing the risk of coronary heart disease and heart attacks and also breast cancer and stroke. Um, Although it was also suggesting that the risk of colorectal and endometrial cancer and osteoporosis might indeed be reduced. So, so, you know, these, these results were published and many women, many doctors panicked and apparently there was a 70% drop in the use of HRT in many countries such as the US and and the UK. In 2002, a landmark study warned most women should avoid hormone replacement therapy because the popular treatment taken for decades could be dangerous. But today, a follow-up on the original study tracking the same women for 18 years eases long-held fears about the therapy. So where are we now? Are people using HRT today? Yeah, increasingly so. So many of those risks that were identified in those original studies were actually being driven by women who were older when they started HRT. So particularly women who were in their 70s. What they realised was that actually women who started HRT when they were in their 50s tended to do quite well on it. And they even had a signal for a lower risk of heart disease and death from all causes. So that suggests that actually, you know, taking HRT for maybe five years might be beneficial. And that is how many women take HRT. And also the hormone replacement therapy formulations available today are really quite different to what was available at the time those women were enrolled on the Women's Health Initiative study. So, you know, HRT isn't risk-free, but like any medical product, it's a case of weighing the risks and benefits. There is this ongoing hesitancy around using HRT and doctors potentially prescribing it less than they used to. And You've described this as a kind of void, which lots of alternative therapies and products have rushed to fill in. Talk me through some of the things that are available. There's a huge number of supplements and and things that are marketed at women. You know, some of them have a little bit of evidence. You know, there's things like plant-based phytoestrogens, which are found in things like tofu or soy milk. And the doctors I spoke to said that for some women, they can be quite effective. Not everyone. They're probably not as strong as taking oestrogen through HRT. 
taking phytoestrogens isn't a good idea if you've had estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. So again, it's worth talking to your doctor before you start ramming yourself full of soy. Alongside some of these plant compounds you've mentioned, I've heard of something called bioidentical compounds promoted by people like Oprah. What are they? I mean, they're basically hormones that have been manufactured from plant sources. And they're often sold from private clinics. You don't have to be a doctor to prescribe them. You could be a pharmacist or a nurse that's had some training. Um, And they're often prescribed following quite expensive blood or saliva tests. You know, again, some women swear by them. A problem with them is that they're not regulated as drugs. They're regulated as supplements, which means that they don't have to conform to the same quality controls as medical drugs, such as conventional HRT. Some of the doctors I interviewed said that they've had patients come to them who have been on bioidentical hormones and they've been having all sorts of side effects as a result of them. To me, it feels like we've been done over a little bit here because there are still these ongoing questions around HRT that two decades later are yet to be fully answered, which means we've been left with a kind of suck it and see with these different products and services that you have to purchase yourself if you can afford to do that, that might help but might not and could even be dangerous in certain circumstances and as a consumer you have to find all this out yourself which is a lot and that's all to say that we're talking about the menopause a lot more but it feels like there still isn't that much evidenced information that's easily available for people. Well, I think a lot of a lot of women's health organisations think that menopause education should actually part, be part of the educational syllabus. So, you know, girls and boys should be taught about menopause at school at the same time as they're taught about puberty and periods. I think there's also a need for more medical education as well. There's still not enough awareness and training for GPs, many of whom are women themselves. You know, there was a recent Freedom of Information request. Um, they asked 33 UK medical schools, whether they had compulsory menopause education on their curriculum. 41% of them said they don't. You know, there are 13 million perimenopausal or postmenopausal women in the UK, and the GPs who are looking after them don't necessarily fully understand what they're going through unless they have gone through it themselves. So there needs to be greater awareness of the symptoms. Um, Women should really seek help and push for help if experiencing these symptoms is making their lives miserable and it's affecting their quality of life. And HRT could be an option for some of them, but it's also worth looking at other options. My thanks to Linda Geddes. You can read her feature on the menopause at theguardian.com. And if you can't get enough of Guardian podcasts, and why would you, then I've got some good news. We're launching a brand new podcast called Weekend. It'll help you switch off from your week by providing inspiration and entertainment from the best Guardian features of the week, read by a talented team of narrators. The very first episode of Weekend is launching this Saturday, the 5th of February. And you can listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Science Weekly, 
That's it for today, and we'll be back on Thursday. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. 